Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Second Canto, Chapter 9, Texts 31 through 33. Text 31. The Personality of Godhead said, Knowledge about me, as described in the scriptures, is very confidential, and it has to be realized in conjunction with devotional service. The necessary paraphernalia for that process is being explained by me. You may take it up carefully. Report by Srila Prabhupada. Lord Brahma is the topmost devotee of the Lord within the universe, and therefore the Personality of God had replied to his four principal inquiries and four important statements, which are known as the original Bhagavatam in four verses. These were Brahma's questions. 1. What are the forms of the Lord, both in matter and in transcendence. 2. How are the different energies of the Lord working? 3. How does the Lord play with his different energies? And 4. How may Brahma be instructed to discharge the duty entrusted to him? The prelude to the answer is this verse under discussion wherein the Lord informs Brahma that knowledge of Him, the Supreme Absolute Truth, as it is stated in the revealed scriptures, is very subtle and cannot be understood unless one is self-realized by the grace of the Lord. The Lord says that Brahma may take the answers as He explains them. This means that the transcendental knowledge of the Absolute Supreme Being can be known if it is made known by the Lord Himself. By the mental speculation of the greatest mundane thinkers, the absolute truth cannot be understood. The mental speculators can reach up to the standard of impersonal Brahman realization, but factually, complete knowledge of transcendence is beyond the knowledge of impersonal Brahman. Thus it is called the supreme confidential wisdom. Out of many liberated souls, someone may be qualified to know the Personality of Godhead. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is also said by the Lord Himself that out of many hundreds of thousands of people, one may try for perfection in human life, and out of many liberated souls, one may know Him as He is. Therefore, the knowledge of the Personality of Godhead may be attained by devotional service only. Rahasyam means devotional service. 
Lord Krishna instructed Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita because he found Arjuna to be a devotee and friend. Without such qualifications, one cannot enter into the mystery of the Bhagavad Gita. Therefore, one cannot understand the personality of Godhead unless one becomes a devotee and discharges devotional service. This mystery is love of Godhead. Therein lies the main qualification for knowing the mystery of the personality of Godhead. And to attain the stage of transcendental love of Godhead, regulative principles of devotional service must be followed. The regulative principles are called vidi-bhakti, or devotional service of the Lord, and they can be practiced by a neophyte with his present senses. Such regulative principles are mainly based on hearing and chanting of the glories of the Lord. And such hearing and chanting of the glories of the Lord can be made possible in the association of devotees only. Lord Chaitanya therefore recommended five main principles for attaining perfection in devotional service of the Lord. The first is association with devotees, hearing. Second is chanting the glories of the Lord. Third, hearing Srimad Bhagavatam from the pure devotee. Fourth, residing in a holy place connected with the Lord. And fifth, worshipping the deity of the Lord with devotion. Such rules and regulations are parts of devotional service. So, as requested by Lord Brahma, the Personality of Godhead will explain all about the four questions put forward by Brahma, and others also, which are parts and parcels of the same questions. Text 32 All of me, namely, my actual eternal form and my transcendental existence, color, qualities, and activities, let all be awakened within you by factual realization out of my causeless mercy. Report by Srila Prabhupada the secret of success in understanding the intricacies of knowledge of the Absolute Truth, the Personality of Godhead, is the causeless mercy of the Lord. Even in the material world, the father of many sons discloses the secret of his position to the pet sons. The father discloses the confidence unto the son whom he thinks worthy. An important man in the social order can be known by his mercy only. Similarly, one must be very dear to the Lord in order to know the Lord. The Lord is unlimited. No one can know him completely. But one's advancement in transcendental loving service of the Lord can make one eligible to know the Lord. Here we see that the Lord is sufficiently pleased with Brahmaji, and therefore he offers his causeless mercy to him so that Brahmaji may have the factual realization of the Lord, by his mercy only. In the Vedas also, 
It is said that a person cannot know the absolute truth, personality of Godhead, simply by dint of mundane education or intellectual gymnastics. One can know the supreme truth if one has unflinching faith in the bona fide spiritual master, as well as the Lord. Such a faithful person, even though illiterate in the mundane sense, can know the Lord automatically by the mercy of the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita also, it is said that the Lord reserves the right of not being exposed to everyone, and he keeps himself concealed from the faithless by his Yogamaya potency. To the faithful, the Lord reveals himself in his form, quality, and pastimes. The Lord is not formless, as wrongly conceived by the impersonalist, but his form is not like one that we have experienced. The Lord discloses his form, even to the extent of measurement, to his pure devotees. And that is the meaning of Yavan, as explained by Srila Jiva Goswami, the greatest scholar of Srimad Bhagavatam. The Lord discloses the transcendental nature of his existence. The mundane wranglers make mundane conceptions of the form of the Lord. It is said in the revealed scriptures that the Lord has no mundane form. Therefore, persons with a poor fund of knowledge conclude that he must be formless. They cannot distinguish between the mundane form and the spiritual form. According to them, without a mundane form, one must be formless. This conclusion is also mundane, because formlessness is the opposite conception of form. Negation of the mundane conception does not establish a transcendental fact. In the Brahma Samhita, it is said that the Lord has a transcendental form and that he can utilize any one of his senses for any purpose. For example, he can eat with his eyes and he can see with his leg. In the mundane conception of form, one cannot eat with one's eyes or see with his leg. That is the difference between the mundane body and the spiritual body of Sat-Chit-Ananda. A spiritual body is not formless. It is a different type of body, of which we cannot conceive with our present mundane senses. Formless, therefore, means devoid of mundane form, or possessing a spiritual body of which the non-devotees can have no conception by the speculative method. The Lord discloses to the devotee his unlimited varieties of transcendental bodies, all identical with one another, with different kinds of bodily features. Some of the transcendental bodies of the Lord are blackish, and some of them are whitish. Some of them are reddish, and some are yellowish. Some of them are four-handed, and some of them are two-handed. Some of them are like the fish, and some are like the lion. All these transcendental bodies of the Lord, without any differential category, are disclosed to the devotee of the Lord by the mercy of the Lord, and thus the impersonalists' false arguments, claiming the formlessness of the supreme truth, 
do not appeal to a devotee of the Lord, even though such a devotee may not be very advanced in devotional service. The Lord has unlimited numbers of transcendental qualities, and one of them is his affection for his unalloyed devotee. In the history of the mundane world, we can appreciate his transcendental qualities. The Lord incarnates himself for the protection of his devotees and for the annihilation of the faithless. His activities are in relationship with his devotees. Srimad Bhagavatam is full of such activities of the Lord in relationship with his devotees, and the non-devotees have no knowledge of such pastimes. The Lord lifted the Govardhan hill when he was only seven years old and protected his pure devotees at Vrindavan from the wrath of Indra, who was overflooding the place with rain. Now this lifting of the Govardhan hill by a seven-year-old boy may be unbelievable for the faithless. But for the devotees, it is absolutely believable. The devotee believes in the almighty potency of the Lord, while the faithless say that the Lord is almighty, but do not believe it. Such men with a poor fund of knowledge do not know that the Lord is the Lord eternally, and that one cannot become the Lord by meditation for millions of years, or by mental speculation for billions of years. The impersonal interpretation of the mundane wranglers is completely refuted in this verse because it is clearly stated here that the Supreme Lord has his qualities, form, pastimes, and everything that a person has. All these descriptions of the transcendental nature of the personality of Godhead are factual realizations by the devotee of the Lord, and by the causeless mercy of the Lord, they are revealed to his pure devotee, and to no one else. Text 33. Aham evasam evagre nanyad yat sarasat param paschad aham yat etachcha yo vishishyeta so smyaham. Brahma, it is I, the personality of Godhead, who was existing before the creation, when there was nothing but myself, nor was there the material nature, the cause of this creation. That which you see now is also I, the Personality of Godhead. And after annihilation, what remains will also be I, the Personality of Godhead. Purport by Srila Prabhupada We should note very carefully that the Personality of Godhead is addressing Lord Brahma and specifying with great emphasis himself, pointing out that it is he, the Personality of Godhead, who existed before the creation. It is he only who maintains the creation, and it is he only who remains after the annihilation of the creation. Brahma is also a creation of the Supreme Lord, the impersonalist puts forth the theory of oneness in the sense that Brahma, 
also being the same principle of I, because he is an emanation from the I, the absolute truth, is identical with the Lord, the principle of I, and that there is nothing more than the principle of I, as explained in this verse. Accepting the argument of the impersonalist, it is to be admitted that the Lord is the creator, I, and that Brahma is the created, I. Therefore, there is a difference between the two I's, namely the predominator, I, and the predominated, I. Therefore, there are still two I's, even accepting the argument of the impersonalist. But we must note carefully that these two eyes are accepted in the Vedic literature, the Katha Upanishad, in the sense of quality. The Katha Upanishad says, Nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam eko bahonam yo vedadati kaman. The creator eye and the created eye are both accepted in the Vedas as qualitatively one because both of them are nityas and chetanas. But the singular I is the creator I, and the created eyes are of plural number, because there are many eyes, like Brahma, and those generated by Brahma. It is a simple truth. The father creates and begets a son, and the son also creates many other sons, and all of them may be one as human beings. But, at the same time, from the father, the son and the grandsons are all different. The son cannot take the place of the father, nor can the grandsons. Simultaneously, the father, the son, and the grandson are one and different also. As human beings, they are one, but as relativities, they are different. Therefore, the relativities of the creator and the created, or the predominator and the predominated, have been differentiated in the Vedas by saying that the predominator I is the feeder of the predominated eyes, and thus there is a vast difference between the two principles of I. In another feature of this verse, no one can deny the personalities of both the Lord and Brahma. Therefore, in the ultimate issue, both the predominator and predominated are persons. This conclusion refutes the conclusion of the impersonalist that in the ultimate issue, everything is impersonal. This impersonal feature, stressed by the less intelligent impersonalist school, is refuted by pointing out that the predominator I is the absolute truth and that he is a person. The predominated I, Brahma, is also a person, but he is not the absolute. For realization of one's self in spiritual psychology, it may be convenient to assume one's self to be the same principle as the absolute truth but there is always the difference of the predominated and the predominator, as clearly pointed out here in this verse, which is grossly misused by the impersonalists. Brahma is factually seeing, face to face, his predominator Lord, 
who exists in his transcendental eternal form, even after the annihilation of the material creation. The form of the Lord, as seen by Brahma, existed before the creation of Brahma. And the material manifestation, with all its ingredients and agents of material creation, are also energetic expansions of the Lord. And after the exhibition of the Lord's energy comes to a close, what remains is the same personality of Godhead. Therefore, the form of the Lord exists in all circumstances of creation, maintenance, and annihilation. The Vedic hymns confirm this fact in the statement, Vasudeva vaidam agra asin na brahma na chasankara eko narayana asin na brahmanesana, etc. Before the creation, there was none except Vasudeva. There was neither Brahma nor Shankar. Only Narayan was there, and no one else, neither Brahma nor Ishan. Sripad Sankaracharya also confirms in his comments on the Bhagavad Gita that Narayan, or the personality of Godhead, is transcendental to all creation, but that the whole creation is a product of avyakta. Therefore, the difference between the created and the Creator is always there, although both the Creator and created are of the same quality. The other feature of this statement is that the Supreme Truth is Bhagavan, or the Personality of Godhead. The Personality of Godhead and His Kingdom have already been explained. The Kingdom of God is not void, as conceived by the impersonalists. The Vaikuntha planets are full of transcendental variegatedness, including the four-handed residents of those planets with great opulence of wealth and prosperity. And there are even airplanes and other amenities required for high-grade personalities. Therefore, the personality of Godhead exists before the creation and he exists with all transcendental variegatedness in the Vaikuntha Lokas. The Vaikuntha Lokas, also accepted in the Bhagavad Gita as being of the Sanatan nature, are not annihilated, even after the annihilation of the manifested cosmos. Those transcendental planets are of a different nature altogether, and that nature is not subjected to the rules and regulations of material creation, maintenance, or annihilation. The existence of the Personality of Godhead implies the existence of the Vaikuntha Lokas, as the existence of a king implies the existence of a kingdom. In various places in Srimad Bhagavatam and in other revealed scriptures, the existence of the Personality of Godhead is mentioned. For example, in the Srimad Bhagavatam 2, 8, 10, Maharaj Pariket asks, Sachapi yatapurusho vishtashtit upapapyaya muktvatma mayamayesha shete sarva kohashaya. How does the personality of Godhead, the cause of creation, maintenance, and annihilation, who is always freed from the influence of the illusory energy and is the controller of the same, 
lie in everyone's heart. Similar also is a question of viduras. Tatvanam bhagavamstesham katida pratishankrama tatre mam ka upasiran ka usvid anuserate. Srimad Bhagavatam 3, 7, 37. Sridhar Swami explains this in his notes. During the annihilation of the creation, who serves the Lord lying on the seisha, etc. This means that the transcendental Lord, with all his name, fame, quality, and paraphernalia, exists eternally. The same confirmation is also in the Kashikanda of the Skanda Purana, in connection with Dhruva Charita. It is said there, Nachavyante Piyadbhakta Mahatmyam Palayapadi Ato Chuto Kileloke Sa Eka Sarvagovyaya. Even the devotees of the personality of Godhead are not annihilated during the period of the entire annihilation of the material world, not to speak of the Lord Himself. The Lord is ever existent in all three stages of material change. The impersonalist adduces no activity to the Supreme, but in this discussion between Brahma and the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Lord is said to have activities also, as he has his form and quality. The activities of Brahma and the other demigods during the maintenance of the creation are to be understood as activities of the Lord. The king, or the head executive of a state, may not be seen in the government offices, for he may be engaged in royal comforts. Yet it should be understood that everything is being done under his direction, and everything is at his command. The personality of God it is never formless. In the material world, he may not be visible in his personal form to the less intelligent class of men, and therefore he may sometimes be called formless. But actually, he is always in his eternal form in his Vaikuntha planets, as well as in other planets of the universes as different incarnations. The example of the sun is very appropriate in this connection. The sun in the night may not be visible to the eyes of men in the darkness, but the sun is visible wherever it has risen. That the sun is not visible to the eyes of the inhabitants of a particular part of earth does not mean that the sun has no form. In the Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad, one for one, there is the hymn, Atmai Vedam Agra Asit Purusha Vida. This mantra indicates the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, even before the appearance of the Purusha incarnation. In the Bhagavad Gita, 1518, it is said that Lord Krishna is Purusottama because he is the supreme Purusha, transcendental even to the Purusha Akshara or the Purusha Kshara. The Akshara Purusha, or Mahavishnu, throws his glance over Prakriti, material nature. But the Purusottama existed even before that. 
the Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad, therefore confirms the statement of the Bhagavad Gita, that Lord Krishna is the Supreme Person, Purusottama. In some of the Vedas, it is also said that in the beginning, only the impersonal Brahman existed. However, according to this verse, the impersonal Brahman, which is the glowing effulgence of the body of the Supreme Lord, may be called the immediate cause. But the cause of all causes, or the remote cause, is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Lord's impersonal feature is existent in the material world because by material senses or material eyes, the Lord cannot be seen or perceived. One has to spiritualize the senses before he can expect to see or perceive the Supreme Lord. But he is always engaged in his different personal capacity, and he is eternally visible to the inhabitants of Vaikuntha face to face. Therefore, he is materially impersonal, just as the executive head of the state may be impersonal in the government offices, although he is not impersonal in the government house. Similarly, the Lord is not impersonal in his abode, which is always nerasta kuhakam, as stated in the very beginning of the Bhagavatam. Therefore, both the impersonal and the personal features of the Lord are acceptable, as mentioned in the revealed scriptures. The personality of Godhead is very emphatically explained in the Bhagavad Gita in connection with the verse Brahmano hi pratistaham, Bhagavad Gita 14.27. Therefore, in all ways, the confidential part of spiritual knowledge is realization of the personality of Godhead, and not his impersonal Brahman feature. One should therefore have his ultimate aim of realization, not the impersonal feature, but the personal feature of the Absolute Truth. The example of the sky within the pot and the sky outside the pot may be helpful to the student for his realization of the all-pervading quality of the cosmic consciousness of the Absolute Truth. That does not mean that the individual part and parcel of the Lord becomes the supreme by a false claim. It only means that the conditioned soul is a victim of the illusory energy in her last snare. The claim to be one with the cosmic consciousness of the Lord is the last trap set by the illusory energy, or Daivi Maya. Even in the impersonal existence of the Lord, as it is in the material creation, one should aspire for the personal realization of the Lord. And that is the meaning of paschad aham yad etachcha yo sosmyaham. Brahmaji also accepted the same truth when he was instructing Narada. He said, Soyam te bihitas tata bhagavan vishva bhavana. Srimad Bhagavatam 2.7.50 There is no other cause of all causes than the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari. Therefore, this verse, Aham Eva, never indicates anything other than the Supreme Lord, and one should therefore follow the path of the Brahma Sampradaya, 
or the path of Brahmaji to Narada, to Vyasadeva, etc., and make it a point in life to realize the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, or Lord Krishna. This very confidential instruction to the pure devotees of the Lord was also given to Arjuna and to Brahma in the beginning of creation. The demigods like Brahma, Vishnu, Maheshvara, Indra, Chandra, and Varuna are undoubtedly different forms of the Lord for execution of different functions. The different elemental ingredients of material creation, as well as the multifarious energies, also may be of the same personality of Godhead. But the root of all of them is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. One should be attached to the root of everything rather than bewildered by the branches and leaves. That is the instruction given in this verse.